up, everyone? Welcome to Beyond the Sweat, the show where I sit down with ambitious individuals who are not only sweaty, but incredibly insightful and share a love for embracing challenge, moving with purpose, and constantly striving for growth. By holding these conversations, my goal is to introduce you to the strongest people I know in and out of the fitness industry and showcase who they are beyond their hard work and perseverance to better help you shine through your own sweaty endeavors. I'm your host, Megan Claire, and with that, let's get to it. Hey, friends. Happy, happy Friday. Welcome to Beyond the Sweat. I am coming at you bright and early this Thursday morning, which actually is the day that I'm supposed to be dropping this episode, but these past two weeks, man, I swear, (laughs) it really do be like that sometimes. Um, So quick catch up on the last two weeks because I did go MIA with no episode last week. Trust me, so much is to come down the pipeline. I've been really lucky to book lots and lots of incredible guests for this summer, so I ain't going nowhere. Stay tuned. But the reason behind no episode last week um, was if you follow Beyond the Sweat on Instagram, which if you don't, you absolutely should, you already know that I was in the midst of coach training for a new studio starting last week. I'm still in the middle of it, but as far as I know, today is actually my last day of training. Um, And when I tell you it's one of the most intensive training programs I've ever gone through, I mean this in the best way possible, but talk about a humbling experience. This place cares so much about coach integrity and ensuring you're providing clear and correct information to clientele, which is incredible. Um, It's truly not one of those studios where you can fake it till you make it. Like You need to know your shit, and if you don't, they will see right through you. Um, also just the load of information that you have to give people about the intentional programming of the day and how you'll be utilizing all the different pieces of equipment to serve the purpose of the workout within the first five minutes of class is so much. And I have the utmost respect for every single coach there that makes it look easy because my mouth feels ready to lock up by the time I'm done going through all the demos um, and everything in class. It's it's nuts. Um, but yeah, this experience, it's made me think really differently about the fitness industry and what you really need to succeed. Um, I want to go down that rabbit hole in another episode. Uh, but long story long, this experience... It's been amazing. Um, It's really opened my eyes. And as someone new to coaching, it's really lit a fire under my butt. I already knew I wanted to be a great coach, but I guess I just didn't really know what that meant um, until being exposed to such strong coaches at this place. And I really just want to learn as much as I possibly can to be the best so that I can help people in the best way possible. I still have yet to give the name away, uh, but I think I'm safe too. I think. If not, whatever. Uh, The studio that I'm learning to coach at is called Session. Um, Their two studios are located in North and South Williamsburg. And soon to be, third studio will be opening in Greenpoint for all my Brooklyn people. Also, not only have I been exposed to insanely strong coaching while training over there, but like... 
Guys, where has Brooklyn been my entire life? I'm over here living in loud as fuck Manhattan thinking, wow, I'm living the dream. And I feel like I've been blindsided. Like Williamsburg is so cool. And I feel dumb for saying this. Like, it's not like it's that far away from me, but I never went over there. And you know what? If I do move anytime soon, you already know where I'll be looking. Um, It's just, it's so clean and quiet and... Like, you can hear birds chirping all day. That's something you, like, if you live in Manhattan, you're deprived of that. And if you are local to Manhattan, you know what I'm talking about. When you're suddenly in a place that's quiet enough to the point that you can hear birds chirping, like, you immediately feel like you're in Narnia. I digress. But, yeah, that's basically where I've been. Between training at session all day and sprinkling and coaching slots with Mile High Run Club and also sprinkling in guest interviews for this podcast, it's been a little nuts for the past three weeks, but here we are. (laughs) Um, On that note, last thought here before we roll into the episode, I noted that all of this is new to me, you know, like having the agency to pick and choose how I want my life to look like and how I want to split my time amongst the jobs that I'm working and the projects that I have going on, like this podcast. And lately, it's felt a little bit like a cat in the hat moment for me, juggling as much as I can and the time that I have and just squeezing in what I need to get done whenever I can. And of course, the schedule is all subject to change because I'm going through a super intensive coach training program. But I still feel like with the podcast and growing it all, I feel like I might need to bring in someone to help me. Like the Capricorn in me still wants the pride in doing this all by myself, but I don't know, with booking guests, leading the conversations, editing the episodes, creating social content, and God forbid, trying to create a TikTok for this podcast. I don't understand TikTok still. You guys really need to help me out here. (laughs) it's a lot on top of the things that I'm already responsible for as a fitness instructor. So I think part of this journey for me will be learning how to compartmentalize and move through my day setting the correct expectations. Like I keep getting disappointed when I'm not getting everything done on my to-do list, but also like my to-do list is like three pages long. So how the fuck am I supposed to get all of it done? And like also, yeah, being okay with asking for help, you know? It's okay to ask for help. (laughs) It's week three, y'all. We're in the trenches now. No more nine to five. It's just me, myself, and I. More updates to come as I go. But anyway, let's get on into this episode. We do have a super enlightening episode today with a newer friend of mine who was in my coach training group with Mile High Run Club, and she's someone who also recently decided to take a chance on herself, quit her corporate job, and become a full-time fitness instructor. So we are living very similar lives lately. (laughs) Lots of things that we connected on. Uh, But also, I was able to learn so much about the hustle that this girl has in her. Like, nothing she did to get to where she is now came easy. And this girl also has led like nine lives by her early 30s. So be ready for a roller coaster story that will hopefully inspire you or just enlighten you in knowing that, hey, this life is yours to do whatever you want with it. So whether it's easy or not, Steph is here to remind you that anything is possible. And if you can, please, please, please give this show a five-star rating, write a review on Apple Podcasts, follow the pod on Instagram at Beyond the Sweat Podcast. 
I do intently want to grow the show this year and continue to get you all really great guests. So the more reviews and good ratings and followers that I get, the greater content will come your way. I promise you that. Anyway, I appreciate the heck out of you guys. Let's get on into it, shall we? All right, friends, I am so excited to bring you today's guest. She is a newer friend of mine who I just really wanted to get the chance to connect with on here. She's a vet in the fitness industry who's taught at various studios coast to coast, a certified personal trainer, and a 200-hour registered yoga teacher. She is the founder of her own wellness brand called Rezzle. You might need to correct me if I pronounce that wrong, Uh, but it's founded upon... Super admirable pillar, so I can't wait to dive into that. Um, She's also a U.S. Marine Corps vet and an advocate for clean living and sobriety as a ritual zero-proof ambassador. Not to mention she's a dog mom of two. Can't leave that one out. Uh, We have so much to get into today, so I can't wait to introduce her and her infectious spirit to you all today. So without further ado, my friends, please welcome Steph Strine to the show. Hey, girl. Hi. Oh my gosh. That was like the sweetest intro I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> and pronounce, I don't even know if it, that's, I don't even know how to really pronunciate my own brand, but let's go with, I think it's art. <laughs> I think it's like Brazil because it's a play on resilience, which is like um, one of my, like the themes of my life. Um, but either works like tomato, tomato, you know. <laughs> Brazil, Brazil. What's English? Same, same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to learn more about this. Um, But Steph, just like any sweat session on the show, we always like to start out with a warm up. So in your own words, tell the people who you are, where you're from, and what is it that you do? Yeah. um, Well, first, thanks so much for having me. I know I feel like I've known you for a little bit of time, even when we've only known each other for like a couple of months. And um, thank you again (laughs) for having me on the pod. Um, Yeah, I am. I'm Steph. I'm 32 years old. Um, I am a dog mom. I have two mini Labradoodles and um, we moved to Manhattan about six months ago. Originally, I'm from uh, Cornwall, New York, which is an hour north of Manhattan. So as most people call that upstate, Um, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I was a quick train down to the city. Um, But yeah, uh, what about what else about me? Yes, I teach fitness full time. I started my um, my business about two and a half months ago. Um, I still have pretty much no idea what I'm doing, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm just going with it and uh, seeing where the tides take me. So I know that's probably people are like what, but I promise, like I'm professional. I just I'm like I'm figuring things out as we go, and I feel like that's <laughs> kind of been like when. I tell a bit more about my story that's been very different of what my life used to look like. So it's actually Mm. really, really cool that I finally took that pivot. Yeah, I think that's super special. Also, I think that's a lot more relatable than you think. Like, everyone likes to look like they have it figured out. And so, I mean, even on the surface, like, if I were to look at, I don't know, your Instagram bio or whatever, like, you have all these different act... um, I just forgot. Yeah. Um, all these different titles that you have. <laughs> yeah. And so it looks like, holy shit, she like is put together. She has her life together. She just quit her nine to five. Like she's doing following her passion, but it's messy. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. We can all relate to it. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, um, your bio speaks for itself as it reads that you've lived so many different lives. And I feel like I met you at a time at which you reached a point in your fitness career that you had been working a long time for. But could you take us back to the start of your fitness journey? What was your introduction to health and fitness and how has your relationship with it evolved over time? Yeah. Um, well, I have a really, like my mom runs marathons. My dad was, um, like a very prestigious high jumper. And so like growing up, it was very much like my sister and I were like thrown into sports from an early age. Um, mm -hmm. and the one that like really just stuck with me was soccer. I played soccer pretty competitively, um, since I was like five years old. And, um, so that was like my brief intro. And then I was introed to yoga by an assistant coach of mine at high school who ended up being like one of my biggest mentors. And really it was like just a way for me to like stretch in the beginning. Cause I was so <laughs> tight. I still am so tight. Um, but, um, yeah. And then like fast forward, I played soccer at the Naval Academy. So I played for three out of the four years that I was, um, at Navy, and then I quit my senior year. Um, and then when I was in the Marine Corps, I got to play soccer for um, like the Women's Armed Forces team, which like think of it as like not not Olympic level, but like Olympic level. Like it said USA on our jerseys, but like we were like the B squad oh, team, you know. But like, um, okay. what's funny? What's funny about that is like every other team that we played. This was like the World Games in South Korea when I was I was stationed overseas in Japan, and so <laughs> I got to go to Seoul and like do the military world world whoa military world games there. But like all of the teams uh -huh. that we played were like their Olympic level, like think B plus plus squad. So they were like so good. We got crushed, but um, it was super fun. Oh, wow. Um, but anyway, I got, I got my first certification all to say when I was stationed overseas in Japan. Um, mm -hmm. I was pretty lonely. I was away from my family. It was, a, it was my first duty station in Okinawa, Japan. And I like needed something to gravitate to. Um, and I was like, I'm just gonna get my 200 hour. And it was like a six month gig. We met every Sunday and it was with like uh, military affiliated people as well as like local um, Okinawans. So it was such a mm -hmm. cool experience to get my 200 hour through that way. And like, I look back on that with like, I learned, like I, I got to get my first certification in a foreign country, which was so cool. Um, and then how it's like transformed throughout. So, um, I was part-timing it for majority of my like young twenties, um, early thirties. Uh, I would do my Marine Corps job from, you know, whatever, let's call it nine to five, but it really wasn't, it was all over the place. And then like when I wasn't at work, I was either like going to take class or I was like prepping to t uh, teach a class or mm -hmm. teaching class on my off time. And, um, yeah. and then uh, I got my, another 200 hour from core power in San Diego. I taught at core power since mm -hmm. 2016. That was like where I kind of got like my bread and butter of like teaching. And I don't know, I feel like the yoga piece for me has helped me be such a better physical trainer, like a group fitness trainer, because mm -hmm. there's so much going on in yoga and to speak about everything in a, such a like grounded way, I think has been very helpful. 
Um, and then, yeah, I got my CPT in the beginning of the pan. So like March, 2020, um, I was introduced to Barry's bootcamp, um, pretty early on in my sobriety and, um, like hung onto that, like a fly to like sweet water. Like that was my favorite thing to do. And then I was like, I think I'm just going to try and be an instructor. And then I got my CPT, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I've, I've taught at Barry's, I've taught at Core Power, I've taught at Yoga 6, I've taught at like so many corporate chains. Um, yeah. Right now, I'm at Equinox, I'm at Y7, I'm at Maha High with you, and uh, mm-hmm. Core Power again. So um, I know the fitness industry really well, but it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, I never thought I could do it full time. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, but here we are. That's amazing. I mean, you've been anywhere and everywhere. I love it. Um, I actually did have a question like pertaining to yoga, because I feel like when you think of like veterans in the military, it's easy to assume or even like former athletes, like it's easy to assume that their preference in training is like something more regimented, more rigorous, high intensity. Um which I mean, as it seems like you do have that implemented a little bit here and there, but when were you initially introduced to yoga, like for the first time and what, um, about the practice of flow did you connect with? Yeah. So the first intro was when I was in high school. Um, and my, um, my mentor, Kelly, she was a yoga teacher and my mom and I, and my sister would go to her classes, like sometimes on the weekends and we'd be like, Oh my God, that was such, I feel so great. Like I feel so light. And then it was like, Oh, like what is this thing called breath? Like, and how can I use that in my daily life? And she would connect like yoga practice with things that were going on, you know, like in her personal life. And then I was kind of drawn to that. Um, and that's what made the pivot was like, Oh, this is like so much more for me than like physical healing. It was like a way for me to Mm. go about my life, um, and have like additional tools. Um, granted, like, um, I was not sober during a lot of that time. And so I, and Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that later, but like, you know, yoga was a piece of my journey, but like, Mm -hmm. um, let's say this, like yoga wasn't going to get me sober like it added to Mm -hmm. my own wellness, but like there was a Mm -hmm. lot of pieces for me that were all there and it looked like on the exterior, I had everything together, but like, Mm -hmm. I thought that like a yoga retreat would save me or like, you know, Mm -hmm. going on like this cleanse, you know what I mean? And so I think, yeah, I know personally for me, like, um, sometimes it was really hard to get out of that fitness mindset of like, Oh, let me sign up for this. Let me sign up for that. And I was like, oh, there's actually like a lot of internal work that I need to do. Right. And I mean, like getting into fitness is a small step, especially like something slow like yoga where you do have to sit with your thoughts. So it's still a great first step, but it seems like it did lead you in the right direction. Yeah, totally. But, but um, to caveat on the, the military thing, you know, I think that was like mm. one of the things that um, at least when I like taught Marines or service members that you know like Mm -hmm. yes we are very like gung-ho and can like put rubber to the road and like do a lot of Mm -hmm. whatever but getting us to slow down and to like breathe Mm -hmm. and to just like focus on what's going on like within the four corners of our mat like at least in my experience Mm -hmm. like a lot of my brains would be like that was the 
most challenging thing I've ever done, ma'am. Like, oh my gosh, like I feel so yeah. much better. Like my back doesn't hurt as much. Like I can deadlift a lot today. And it was like the small things like that, that they were like, oh wow, there's like other stuff for me to do instead of like deadlifting my body weight times a thousand, you know? <laughs> right. Like all day, every day. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> it's also relatable to everyday life too, or even outside of Marine Corps, like it is very hard to slow down. You also came to a place that's like extremely tough to slow down, you know, living in New York City, that's just like constantly buzzing. Even like when you're sitting at home and there's construction, you know, yeah, like <laughs> there's always now. something going on. Oh so to be able to slow down, no, I can't hear it. You're good. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, you are the first uh, U.S. veteran that's been on the show. So thanks oh, for your service, so cool. girl. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks for your thing. How did you first get involved with the Marine Corps? And what aspects of your experience working in the armed forces um, has impacted your outlook outside of the armed forces? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I have a big military family. So it was kind of like one of those things that was just like super easy for mm -hmm. me to transition into. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what, I mean, I didn't want to go to a service academy. Like I wanted to play soccer, but there was like some sort of shift mm -hmm. in my brain at some point that was like, I think I need to go do this, but like carve my own path. So both my parents went to West Point. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, like Navy was a really great soccer program. I loved Annapolis. It was not, it was not like right where I grew up. I grew up right by West Point. And so I wanted to like go and do my own thing, which is a lot of my story. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I got to the Naval Academy, um, yeah, like, you know, I hung out with a lot of athletes, like all the time. Um, we just, you know, our lives when we were in season was like work out in the morning, go to class, lift at lunch and then like you know whether it was traveling for whatever game it was like so on top of like all of the military things that we had to do on top of like I think at one point I had like 21 credits I honestly sometimes don't even know how I made it out of that school but um <laughs> I like we just juggled a lot and um a lot of my friends mm -hmm. and teammates ended up becoming Marine Corps officers um Marines like well, one, I was really, and I'm totally fine with saying, I was like really bad at navigating. Like I still am really bad at navigating, like whether it's coming off the subway and I'm like, which direction do I go? Um, but I was like really mm -hmm. bad at like navigating ships. I also like the Marines, like if you just see a Marine, you're like, oh my God, like that person looks really good. Like, and we're such a small elite group of individuals. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, like, I just love that, like we took care of people, um, not that like, naval officers mm -hmm. don't do that but a lot of their focus is more on like technical pieces of the armed forces whereas like marine corps is always like um mission uh like mission first people always so like mm. for me that's been something that i've really grown to love over like my entire life um in the arms in the armed forces and then um how it's like i don't know i mean i'm grateful for my time in the military, don't get me wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I met a lot of amazing people. I traveled like all over Southeast Asia when I was stationed overseas. And I was blessed mm -hmm. to live in San Diego for five years, glorious years of my life on the oh, military yeah. side. <laughs> so um, like I've made lifelong friendships, which um, I value and I cherish. But I think the biggest thing is that like, um, I wasn't someone that was like, 
I was helping the people that were doing, whether it was like front lines, it was like, I, I did HR. So I did a lot of like awards and correspondence and like legal um, administration. So like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. So I got to work with really small groups of people and Marines that like, I got to see them grow. And I think for me, I realized in my time in the military that like the small things matter. So like me, you know, following up with someone that had asked me about something that was related to their pay like weeks ago that I couldn't get to because, you know, this officer asked me for this and that and like getting back to that person be like, oh, wow, like you actually remember that I asked about that. Like, mm-hmm. thank you so much. So like it's taught me to really care about the fine details in life because that's like the things that matter for people in the in the long run. Like, of course, it's important to like protect the country and you know whatever but like if a marine's not getting paid if they're not like getting benefits for their family it's like the small things like that that takes away from them like being able to be present and show up so um i feel like i've carried that into my like fitness instructor life is like getting the time to know clients what do they do outside of here they're not here like maybe they are here every single day but they're only here for a fraction of the day it's like what do they do what are they working on Right. Who are they, you know, it's like the small things and then investing in those small things and seeing them grow over time is just like the best chef's kiss part of like being a fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's the connection. I realize I talk a lot more um, with my hands now that I moved here back. <laughs> <laughs> a New York adaptation. I have oh thought about God. that. Like, how do you, I lived in California before New York as yeah. well. I lived in Orange County, but, um. I don't know Get it. what orange I don't know what Southern California <laughs> things I picked up from living there and also what things from New York I've picked up cuz I lived here for 2 years now. I think I talk a lot faster. So my friends who still live in California like you speak a thousand what miles a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so gosh. I think that's part of it, but it's funny you talk with your hands more now. I'm I gonna, do like, start thinking then, that up myself. But, but I also like I still feel like I do a lot of California things as well. Like for sure, <laughs> I like if you come to my yoga class, I feel like you might see a little bit more of like the Valley S, you know, yoga girl that like would love to surf yeah. but like never really goes and surfs. That like you know that just like <laughs> slow cool energy of like, um, but yeah. Ugh. Love California. That's what you need. Yeah, I do too. I went to San Diego for the first time last year, and I'm like, what? I lived like an hour north of it, but never went. And well, sometimes it would take three hours to get from like Laguna down to San Diego, so we get it. You know? Yeah, that damn traffic. That's something I don't miss, but. (laughs) (laughs) I know that part of your journey. um, Once you get outside of the Marine Corps, once you're done with that, you did work another nine to five. I know that like, you've just kind of reached this path um, that you've blazed in which you quit the nine to five and you take on fitness coaching full time as a career. Um, but after I just recently publicized that I quit my job to yeah, pursue so a career proud in fitness and like, oh, it feels amazing, but also like very unearthing, like I've <laughs> talked about. Um, but the amount of messages that I received that said, like, I want to make the pivot too, but I'm so scared. It was impressive. Mm-hmm. It's insane how many people like resonate with that idea. Um, when did the idea pop into your head that you could, in fact, like follow your heart and make a career out of something that you truly love to do? And 
how did you push past the fear component that comes with like leaving the stable nine to five salary? Yeah. Um, well, first, I'm so proud of you. I know it's like really hard to do that. Um, so like, great, great job. And like the best is, is yet to come truly. Um, but I know exactly where you're at. And we've That's talked right. about it a little bit offline. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sending you so much love. But yeah, um, I worked at Amazon for like a year and a half. As soon as I got out, I got out of the Marine Corps in September of 2020. And, you know, it was it was pandemic season. So it was really challenging for me to find a job like anyone else. Um, You know, even with my background, Surface Academy, veteran, like female minority, it was very challenging for me to find a job. Um, Mm -hmm. One, I also was making it really hard on myself because I wanted to stay in San Diego. I mean, who wouldn't want to stay in San Diego, especially during a pandemic. But um, anyway, (laughs) all to say I landed at Amazon. um, And Mm -hmm. I was an operations manager at a fulfillment center in Tucson, Arizona, um, and I got hired through a military pathways program. So they look for like transitioning veterans that um, either have or about to have their masters. And I got my masters um, like as soon as the pandemic or at the end of 2020. I started at Amazon in January of 2021, and I got my masters in organizational leadership and. So yeah, I moved, moved with the dogs. We bought a house in Tucson and, um, you know, I, I was working 12 hour shifts, if not longer, every single day. Um, when you order an Amazon package, the first place it goes is to a fulfillment center. So like these huge warehouses. And I worked, um, as the operations manager, one of the operations managers for the inbound department. So like we get freight from other Amazon sites, third party vendors, and then we basically like receive the freight stow the units whatever it might be and then prep it to get picked and that goes to the outbound part of um an order before it gets packed up whether it's in like the little jiffy bag or in the box so like mm-hmm. it's pandemic people are ordering all the time like nonstop. Yeah. um but i like enjoyed the freedom of i got to like learn a lot and make a lot of mistakes and i was managing about like eight area managers. So I had a lot of like heavy hitters reporting to me. And then I was in charge of like a 300 person operation. Um, And then like throw in there, like I was teaching a little bit part-time. I just was so tired during that time that I really didn't teach that much. I I taught it at 45 during that time. And then I also taught at a uh, two small yoga studios out there. But- um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, so like I, when I wasn't at work, teaching but like Uh it was such a big commitment of my life and then kind of like fast forward I was performing really well and they were like we would like to get you in board for a promotion or whatever like that and so Uh long story long I didn't end up getting it I didn't feel ready one they wanted me to go and I knew I wasn't ready but um Uh I just like left that with such a sour taste in my mouth because I was like I was like I knew intuitively that I wasn't ready to go. I knew nothing really. I very small amounts about Amazon, but I knew a lot about people and I knew how to like develop people. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I just need to get out of Tucson. Like I, I was by myself really like with my dogs and no social life. <laughs> I just like, I was like, I need to get out of here. Like you're working nonstop. Get, yeah. I wanted to go to New York city so bad. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was trying to get there with Amazon, but it didn't end up working out. And uh, my sister and my dad lived in Atlanta at the time I was like you know what let's like try and get to Atlanta it's close to the family 
So I end up moving to Atlanta with Amazon, switching sites. Um, and now I work at a delivery station as an ops manager. So like, think about like loading packages up before they go onto the delivery vans. So we had to work overnight shifts. So I was working 12 to 12, 12 midnight till 12 noon, um, Jesus. four days a week. Yeah. And that's when it started to get like really challenging for me because like my circadian rhythm was messed up. I need my sleep. I'm not a appropriate human being when I don't get my sleep. And then, um, like, I mean, I was, I was still teaching, but like I was teaching at Barry's and I was just like, it was around the time my grandma passed away, um, like August of last year, like right after I moved. And I just like kind of had this moment where I was like, I like life to me just got super, super not narrow, but I just had this like opening vision of like, if I don't ever do this, I'm never going to do it. And like my, my grad grad called her, like she would want me to live like my most affluent best life. And after she passed Mm -hmm. away, I was just like, life is too short for me to not do this. And even if I have no idea what I'm doing, like I'm going to go for it. So I started working with a career change bootcamp company. Um, It's called Happen Mm. to Your Career. One of my friends had used them as she left her job at Amazon and she loved her job. I was like, how do I do this? And so Mm. um, I was working with a coach like um, and just like fitness kept coming up. And I was like so Mm. afraid to like trust that this was what my life's calling was like, I was so afraid to financial, like I was making really good money at Amazon. I was so afraid to like completely do this whole time because it's just been like ingrained in my head from like external influences that like fitness instructors don't make money, Um, which is like, Mm -hmm. it takes time. So there's like a little bit of truth to that. But like at the same time, um, I just had all these negative connotations with pivoting. And um, Mm -hmm. I just honestly was like, I want to do it. And if I fail, which I haven't yet, um, and I look back at my life and the things that I had like gone for, my coach had kind of shown me like, you actually like all the things that you thought you wouldn't do, you end up have, like you ended up doing them and doing them really well. So like, why is this any different? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just was like, okay, literally within a week, exactly. I put my, two, I put my two weeks notice in. I let my apartment Uh complex, which I just had renewed the lease, which was so stupid. Um, I let them know that I was moving and I started moving super quick because I was like, if I don't leave now, like I'm never going to go. And then within like a month, within a month, I was here in New York city. I moved from Atlanta. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was insane, but like totally me. So this is fresh. Yeah. I mean, six months in, but damn. So I've been here longer than I lived (laughs) in Atlanta. So if that tells you anything about me as like, I love my sleep and like working overnights is like, if, if you start working overnights, maybe that'll be the last kicker for you. Cause I was like, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I do. I have a friend who's a nurse and she works overnight shifts and I mean, granted, like she's passionate about what she does, but I feel for her, man, <laughs> her sleep oh schedule. Just... Yeah, nurses 
big shout out to nurses. I know a bunch and, you know, they put in a lot of work to even get where they are and then doing what they do day in, day out. Oh, my God. Rough. Yeah. But, hey, she's a superhero. Necessary. Yeah. Love it. I know, like, you kind of gave your quick version of, like, you knew that, hey, if I didn't do this now, like, I'm never going to do it. Did you have any, like, fault in your confidence as you were making the move or, like, any sort of limiting thoughts, like, as you were doing it? Like, okay, am I actually doing the right thing? What kind of advice can you give someone out there who might be struggling with having the faith in themselves to take that brave next step? Oh, my God. Every – almost – every day, to be honest. I mean, it, I think it's done a little bit less now that I've been here for like uh-huh. six months of time. But as soon as I got here, I was like, what am I doing? I moved into my studio without seeing it. My One of my friends had oh like passed God. by and she was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not a scam. You can send him, sell him the money for the deposit. And I was like, cool. <laughs> it's not a scam. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I got here and I didn't think I had a lot of stuff and I had a full like panic attack as soon as I got all my stuff into my apartment and I was like, what am I doing? Like, um, and we kind of talked about this a little bit offline of like that first month or so of like, well, I moved here in December. So it was like holiday time. I was very much like not a lot was going on in the fitness world in terms of like hiring um mm-hmm. cuz everyone's like let's just get to the new year and we'll chat then and yeah. you know so it was like i owed amazon back a lot of money um since i left uh and um anyway it was i was a part of that program and so i owed them back money so i i left i had a lot of financial stressors right away since i you know broke my lease early um but like I did what I needed to so that I could do this. And I just like put one foot in front of the other instead of like Mm -hmm. worrying like, oh my God, I'm going to run out of money or like, oh my God, I have nowhere. I don't know where I'm going to teach. And I just kind of like took it one day at a time, which is a -hmm. big piece of sobriety. And for those that um, Mm -hmm. are in Alcoholics Anonymous, like that's one of the slogans that we say a lot. And I just kind of took it that way. And then, um, I knew a lot of people in the city, whether that was through like my connections through Core Power or Barry's um, or like people that connected me with people that lived in the city that were in group fitness. So like um, I had friends that knew Ned from Mile High and I had friends that knew like other people from Y7 and they're like, here, here's this person, connect with this person. And New York City is such a small fitness community, even though it's like, you know, the best in my opinion, but it's like super small um and so um but I think it was just like take it one step at a time it was really easy for me to like look at this and be like oh my god I have like brand new clients I have no idea where I'm teaching no one knows who I am Mm -hmm. um how am I gonna make rent like all these things these like doubts but like I knew that I came here for a reason and I wanted to just like like I said, if I failed, like I would still be able to go back to whatever I was doing before. But like New York teaches us how to grind, like Mm -hmm. to figure it out. Um, And so, yeah, (laughs) it really does. Yeah. You just figure it out. I I really like the one step at a time mentality. I know like that's something that you said you carried over from Alcoholics Anonymous. And I want to get into that 
a little bit. Um, and I know it kind of has, it blends into your concept that you created, which is Brazil. There, I pronounced it right. Ah. <laughs> um, where did you incite the idea of Brazil? And um, how do you aim to better your community here in New York with the For concept? Sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, Brazil to me is just like kind of who I am at my core. And it's a reflection of like, all the people and like, the modalities of my life, whether it was like, the military, fitness, um, you know, my master's, like all these different things that have like made me to this point who I am. And I just like want to be able to share that with other people. Um, a lot of my story is based off of like resilience. I like no one knew um, for a long time that I was struggling with my uh, alcohol usage. Um, like mm. I'm not going to kind of like go into we say like drunk a log, but like mm. when I drank, like I would drink and I would drink more and I would drink more and I would drink more. And then I would like, like that feeling and chase that feeling. And then kind of like couple in there mm -hmm. with just like life's stuff. Like, um, mm -hmm. I'm a child of a divorced, um, parents and like, you know, I kind of just like gravitated on substances that would like help me feel like fill this huge gap in my body. Um, and like alcohol was what helped me be like more social and it helped me to like feel like I fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, there was a point when it was fun and then it just started to not get fun. Like I would get in trouble when I drank. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I would come to teach classes and sometimes be hungover. Sometimes like, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just like I was not being like the person that I wanted to be and that like hypocrisy was like very hard for me to manage at the end. But like on the mm -hmm. exterior, I had my life together. You know, it was like I was yeah. a Marine Corps officer and like blah, 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 all this other crap. But like I literally couldn't right. look at myself at the end in the mirror and, and like have any sort of respect for myself. Um, mm -hmm. And so I got sober in San Diego. Um, I'm coming up on five years of sobriety, which is crazy oh um yeah and um and then like when I incorporated sobriety with my fitness like oh my gosh I mean just like a game changer one um told me to be a lot more authentic not that I wasn't mm -hmm. before but I think like a part of me was suppressed when I was drinking it covered up a lot of things that I was dealing with and I'm not really afraid to be vulnerable mm -hmm. about the things that I've gone through um like the things that I'm going through and like yeah. what I've found through that coaching um, career coaching program was that like, that's a lot, a lot of like the things that clients would gravitate back towards me to because of that authenticity and that ability to like relate and to connect and to help them grow through whatever they were going through. Um, mm -hmm. And so like Brazil kind of populated just with like, there's, a lot of people that are struggling with substance abuse um, problems. Um, you may know, you may not know. Um, right. And I just want people to know that it's like normal and it's okay to like not be okay mm -hmm. with it. And like, there's a life on the other side of sobriety. And it was really scary for me in the beginning. I thought my life was over. I was like, I'm gonna have no friends. I'm gonna have no fun. Like, um, and granted my life looks a little bit different today. Like I don't, you know, like hang out at bars a lot, but like, 
I do still go to music festivals. I'm around people that drink and do drugs all the time. It doesn't bother me anymore. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's cool to experience life without having to rely on something to like bring you fun or like help you experience it. Just for me, that's been my experience. Um, So my hope with Brazil is that I connect with people that love fitness and then like love living life um, on life's terms, which is another A saying. And it's like Mm. being able to do things without having to use a substance Um, Mm -hmm. and helping people just be like their most authentic self. That's beautiful. I love that. I love how in your IG bio, you have something that says sober, not boring, which I love that. Uh, But what is that statement? Sober, not boring. What does that mean to you specifically? Because I know you said you do a lot of things that like still make life super fun. Yeah. um, Yeah. So like a big thing for me in sobriety is I go to a lot of music festivals. I do a lot of like things and I do basically everything that I did when I was drinking um Mm -hmm. but like now sober um you know like I said I don't Mm -hmm. really just like go and hang out at bars but like I can go out and Mm -hmm. I can like be around people and like know when it's time for me to go home as well so like you know I don't have Mm -hmm. to like stay out super late or whatever but like I think also um sobriety is cool and the fact that like um I did. I didn't know that there was people like me, and it's helped teach me mm-hmm. that we're all connected, and we all like mm-hmm. kind of want some of a lot of the same things, whether it's like love or support or protection, like these basic things in life that we all are kind of looking for. Um, but it mm-hmm. just, you know, it might manifest in a different way with like our different backgrounds right. and you know, ethnicities, all the things like the things that make us us. And sobriety's yeah. really taught me that. Is that like you know, I'm not alone. There's um, someone that can probably relate in some sort of level to like what I'm going through. I just have to be like open enough to like be able to connect with that person or, you know, be like, oh, like here's our similarities instead of like, how are we different? You know? Right. It all goes along with that same through line of like, kind of like what you were mentioning on your success rate with clients it's the level of vulnerability that you can show that might change someone's maybe not just their day like it might change their life you know like just to be able to know that there's somebody out there who can relate to them that is at this point of life where maybe this other person aspires to be like that's that's what it's all about yeah i've had clients that have gotten divorced and gotten remarried or clients that you know like they walk through stuff with you and they come to class and you get to see them in these different parts of their life and and same with me as like you know a lot of my fitness friends throughout the years like they've seen me grow and they know like Mm -hmm. what I've been through and I think that's the coolest part about um the fitness world is that like yes we know what it's like to like challenge ourselves physically but a lot of us yeah. use that modality as a means to like get through the stuff that we're working, whether it's like outside the studio, off the mat, um, as a means to like get, you know, to come back and whatever that looks like and challenge ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And to be able to connect with people too. I think like the catharsis is nice physically and I need to work on like having another outlet of like, <laughs> When I have a problem, I deal with it physically. Yeah. I don't really do therapy yet, but, you know, baby steps. But 
even having somebody there with you, like that's kind of the concept of group fitness, right? It's the community element where, yeah, maybe you're working through your problems, but like if you have somebody who you see on a regular basis and like the consistent community that shows up for you, maybe you feel a little bit more open to connecting with somebody and actually like talking out what's going on. So then you're not walking around just holding on to this baggage on your own, you totally. know? Yeah, I am a lot of, it's, it's definitely like such a, a lot of people, they just want to feel like they're not alone in class. I cannot work out by myself. Like str- no. t- contrary to most belief, I'm like, I need to be around someone or like, I will just lay on my stomach. <laughs> yeah honestly same sometimes I'm I'll go to the gym by myself and do the things that I need to do but no not me it's never as fun it's never as fun (laughs) no not at all for someone who may may or may not even be like sober curious but is just wanting to live a healthier more balanced lifestyle in regards to drinking and their overall health. Um, what tips can you give them to enhance their lifestyle without feeling like they're becoming boring, quote unquote? Totally. Um, I would like, so what I did was one, like surrounded myself with people that were like kind of going through what I was going through. So like, mm-hmm. I would say younger people that like that were getting sober and realizing like, oh, like they go out and they do things too. And they don't have to be like hermit crabs. Like that was huge for me. I was like, oh my God, wow. Like Mm -hmm. they're doing this. So like being around people that are like kind of doing the same thing. And then also um, there's like so many non-alcoholic options now. When I got sober, like Mm. it was around the rise of like the, um, like the hard seltzer, which I'm so glad I got sober before them because it would have been really game over for me. (laughs) Um, yeah, but damn like, white claws. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. But like, there's so many cool non-alcoholic options now. Like, almost every single place that I've been to in the city, and one of the things that I'm working on, I, I'm still a work in progress. Like, I have a lot of work to be done in my nutrition. Um, so for me, that's something that's really challenging. But um, you know, I there's all there's usually always some sort of like non-alcoholic option on any menu that I've been on, and then I would say like no like you don't have to go out and do those things like I think being around friends that like know like that you're prioritizing whatever it is maybe it's like not going to get dessert all the time which is like one of my biggest things um because I could eat ice cream like all the time but like you know maybe knowing like maybe we shouldn't like maybe we should honor stuff and like not you know go to wherever and get froyo or whatever it is Uh just having like friends that are in your corner and not someone that's like well like we're going to go get this. Like, why aren't you coming? You know, it's like being around people yeah. that like just support, support you. And you. I think like, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if it's like, you know, you don't want to date bad people. It's like, well then maybe like, don't be around people that are like condoning your bad dating. I should take that advice myself. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so much easier said than done, but so much. Yeah. It is always about the people that you're around. Yeah, you are, I think a lot of, I I do think that you're some of a lot of different things in life, but I know there's that saying of like, you're the sum of, what is it, like the yeah, five I know you're people about. you spend the most time with. Yeah. And. So I guess I'm a dog. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, let me think about that. Like, who do I, because when you think about, I mean, in New York, like what five people do you spend the most time with? Like I'm spending <laughs> time with like 
literally I don't know, like it's 20 me and my dog and my once. tv yeah i guess that's true <laughs> and people on the subway oh my gosh. yeah so funny that means like we're just a hodgepodge but it's fine that makes us great yes. <laughs> Steph, looking back on like where you've been all that you've done to where you've gotten to today if you could Remind the younger version of yourself of anything as she embarks mm. on this journey to wellness and sobriety and also to passion pursuit. Um, what would it be? Um, I would say to my younger bowl cut with bang self. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love like, it. Like, make sure that you're having fun like if you're not having fun while you're doing it then it's probably time to like move on um i i love what i do and i never ever thought i would ever say that um granted there's days right where like it's tough but like i'm finally doing it and when i look back on like childhood self it was like i would always really gravitate towards the things that were like fun whether it was like playing soccer or hanging out with my sister or like going to travel with friends or, you know, whatever. It was like bringing that childhood play like aspect into life as an adult is so important because like for me, at least um, like those are the times when I look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Like I was doing what I love doing with like the people that I love and like a really cool place. And like, mm. to not take myself so seriously either because I'm Scorpio. I'm very, very serious like all the time I think it's just like so important to like smile and have fun and just like take mm -hmm. life as it comes and it comes in waves it's not always like you know sunshines and rainbows but like yeah. that's that's for me has been the biggest thing is like am I having fun and if so then like I'll keep doing what I'm doing if not maybe pivot to something else yeah life's too short <laughs> it it really is um and uh i think i like similar to you i've had so many conversations recently with a lot of friends that or just people that i've met that are like i want to do this so bad but i'm so afraid mm -hmm. um and it's like i knew i didn't want to look back and and like know that i could have gone for it and i didn't and i know that for a lot of people that's yeah. different right like financially or whatever they might have kids like i was very lucky that i had the ability to just kind of make that decision but um right you know i just i really was like if i don't do this now i'm going to not do whatever and um yeah so have fun and i don't know drink water and be nice to yourself <laughs> Have fun, drink water, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you sparked a question for me um, with people who, like, I, I think I love to promote what I'm doing, what you're doing, and, like, going for the thing that you want, even if you're scared to do it. But I know there are people out there who, yeah, like you said, like, they don't have the means to be doing exactly that right now, even if they're in a situation that they know that they're not working a job that they love or whatever situation that it is that they're not happy with um, and they want to be doing something else. Like, do you have any advice for what those people can do now to better their totally. situation while moving toward the life that they want? I'm obsessed with Gabby Bernstein. She talks about this a lot in her mm. podcast. Um, like for 
like I said, I was very lucky to be able to like pivot and make the decisions really quickly. It's just the flexibility of my life. Um, and there's small things that you can do. Like say, for example, if you're someone that's like interested or like very drawn to whatever, maybe fitness, yoga, all the things like ask the instructor, like, how did you get your certification? Is it something that I can do online? There's a lot of things on like online now that required us to be in person before, but the amazing part of the pandemic is like we've transitioned to e-learning. And so like a lot of those small things that you can do like on your time off to like get more curious about, you know, whether it's learning more about um, nutrition or what have you, there's so much out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I would say, um, you know, just like doing a lot of time of like, I, I always would do, and I talked to you about this a little bit, I was like, what do I want my next six months to look like? What would be a big win yeah. for me at the end of this month? Like writing those things down and then being like, what actions do I need to take? Or like, where do I need to pull back? Because I'm like overexerting too much. Like a lot of me is like, I need to get this right now. And if I don't get it right now, it's going to be like the end of the world. And that's like, oh, there's actually this yeah. really amazing other thing that was supposed to happen if you just like chilled for a second stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like also realizing that like, it's okay to like do less too in a world, especially in, in yeah. New York city. Like I feel like I'm nonstop boop, 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 all over the place, but there's actually mm-hmm. a lot of amazingness that happens in the small moments of like not doing anything as well. And just like knowing that the universe is going to send you the things that like nothing that's for you is ever going to pass you. And it, I know it's hard to hear cause for me when I was, you know, in that first month here, I was like, well, um, I need some money and I also like need a job soon or I'm going to like have to move back home. But it's like there's small things mm-hmm. in terms of like reaching out to a manager at a studio that I want to teach at. Certifications one's huge. I think it's just like taking the next right indicated step. Yeah, I love that. Small steps. <laughs> Stuff. It's been such a pleasure getting to connect deeper with you today. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, you're an angel. Really quickly, I know you have an appointment to get to, but we wrap up the convo with what I like to call the sweaty six. It's a rapid fire six questions that I ask you and you give me the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) It's funny to get people's reaction. Either like some people freak out. Some people are like, fuck yeah. (laughs) No, I like always say the first thing that pops into my head. So this should be good. I love it. Okay. First question, what is the best piece of advice that you have received or given? Um, vulnerability is strength. Ooh, I love that. Okay, what's the worst piece of advice that you have received or given? <laughs> uh, do better next time. <laughs> nice. Um, name one fitness or health nutrition myth that you can bust for us today. Ooh. Um, hot yoga is not always the best yoga for everyone. I think like, um, for someone that likes, I like to sweat when I work out. Um, Mm -hmm. I think depending on what your fitness goals are, um, for some people, like a really hot, heated, humid room with a lot of people who are doing the same thing is not always, it it creates this false sense of flexibility at times if you're new to yoga. And so Mm. I think like starting slow, um, 
And then also like being open to yoga too, as I meet a lot of people that are like, well, I'm not flexible, so I can't do yoga. I hear that all the time. I've especially heard it with like Marines and they're like, well, like I can't touch my toes. So like I can't come. And I'm like, yoga's for everyone. Like if anything, right. it's going to make you like such a better athlete and like so much more well-prepared for the other things you're doing. So I think it's just like a twofold of like hot yoga isn't always for everyone. I think for some people it's really great, but for some people it might mm -hmm. be a little bit too much. Yeah, I love that. I haven't gotten that one before. Um, okay, what is a song that you can't stop listening to right now? Oh my God, so many. I'm obsessed with music. Um, oh my gosh, this is She's so such hard. She's playlist, by the way. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm swooning. So do you. So good. Oh my gosh, I really, hold on. Okay, give me one second. I know we're like out of time, but let me just pull up my spot. For this, I just have, okay, okay, okay. Um, I love Swedish House Mafia. Um, mm. There, it's called, it's you, like the letter, okay, question mark with Parisi. It's so good. Um, I love Swedish House Mafia. Their return was like okay. such a revival for me. But yeah, th that song's great. Um, I'm a big house music gal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, seriously. I, I haven't heard your playlist at other places. I'm assuming it's like <laughs> just as good. The Mile High playlist that like when we trained together, I was like, oh shit, she is bringing the oh, game. Oh, stop. Like, oh my gosh. So good. I, um, I only, I learned from other people, like I'll send you the stuff. I, I learned from other people where to find it. So I got you. I love it. Um, okay. Second to last question, your astrological sign and how you resonate with it. Oh my God. I am a true <laughs> diehard Scorpio. I'm, I was born October 29th. Um, so there's a difference between like October and November Scorpios. So I'm a Scorpio sun, Sag rising, um, and a cancer moon. I have so much water in my chart. Like, um, so like if I'm like, I come off as like a very adventurous, like outgoing, confident person but like deep down I'm just like a mm -hmm. bottle of emotions which is like so true I could talk about astrology all day and I like <laughs> that's usually the first thing that I ask people I'm like when's your birthday and I'm not person, saying? I don't care yeah. I always am like that I don't care I'm like I just want to know I love it yeah. I want to know too I mean it's a way that you can connect with people some people I know there are memes out there that's like if she asks you when your birthday is like turn yeah, around like, run away <laughs> Go. I'm like, well, they're probably a fire sign if they believe that. So, Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know enough about astrology, but like, I'm a fake fan. I love like learning about it. I just don't know enough about everybody else, which maybe that's like, maybe that has something to say about my own. It's signs, actually but... on my list this year to like get astrology certified or at least like understand a little bit more. So, stay tuned. Oh, hell yes. Another thing to like put under your little, my repertoire like... of like, yeah, your repertoire, your toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Your favorite post-workout treat? Mm. Okay, so I've been trying to be a lot better. Um, over the last couple months, I've finally uh, been more willing to, like, take my nutrition a lot more serious. Um, since I got sober, mm -hmm. I developed, like, a really big sweet tooth. So, like, normally it would be, like, you know – ice cream, what have you, whatever, Diet Coke. But I'll say after uh -huh. class now, I like to do, I always have some sort of fruit with me. So I've been doing like 
mm. apples, clementines, and then I'll always bring like trail mix with me just like right after. Mm. Um, I'm like a big Trader Joe's stan. So anything from Trader Joe's that's like new is probably in my um, in my kitchen. <laughs> but definitely so like good. I've been working on being a little bit more because that's a big piece of fitness too is what you eat. And so for me, that's the last missing piece. Um, but yeah, work in progress. You know what? It sounds like that's a great work in progress. Apples and clementines is, I have not gotten any of that as the response yet. I usually get like I mean, bread and butter, ice cream. Well, like, I mean, I'm not joking when I said like, croissants. I literally would eat like diet, I would eat like diet Coke and ice cream and candy and work out. And it's like, I would tell clients to not ask me what my nutrition was, right? Like, I just wasn't willing to, like, go into that. But, like, now I'm at the point where it's, like... Uh Do as I say, that as I do. Exactly. I'm, like, willing to, like, (laughs) see what's behind that. And anyway, but love ice cream. I had ice cream last night. Balance. Um, All right, Steph. Before we sign off, tell the people where they can find you both on the web and IRL. Yeah. um, Two places... At Steph Strine is my personal Instagram account. And then um, at underscore Rizil, R-E-S-S-I-L. And then underscore is my business account. Um, but yeah, come find me in the city. I teach a lot of different places. But um, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you can, and I should have a website up soon. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. I will definitely, I think. Hopefully by the time I post this, we'll have it. If not, I know I hope so too. I'm sure it'll be on our Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> All right, people. Um, please be sure to connect with Steph in Russell online at the studios. All the things, like I said, her music choice is ten out of ten. So she will not disappoint. Um, oh. Anyway, Steph, thank, thank you thank so you. much. Oh my gosh, you're the best. This was awesome. Uh, yeah, glad we got to do this. You're going to make us all do all want to do better, which is the whole purpose of having these conversations. Aww. So I appreciate the heck out of you. <laughs> Aww, thank you. Thank you all. Alrighty. Signing off for now. Until next time. Stay sweaty, my friends. Bye.